0: Hello and welcome to the Fathers Among Men podcast. First, I'd like to thank you for tuning in to a podcast that is dedicated to fathers. You know, the good guy. Alright, well stay tuned for a great episode. Hello, this is a special edition of our podcast. This is going to be something that's raw. We're just kind of sitting around uh, discussing sports. Like it's not going to have a beginning. I'm just, just probably going to step into the conversation. So I just want to kind of uh, prep you guys forward. Uh, just in case you didn't get an opportunity to listen, um, like I mentioned before in our last podcast, we're going to try to give you content more often. And so this is our time that we're just going to give you a little bit of our conversation about sports. When we discuss uh, Le'Veon Bell and for the people in Atlanta, talk a little bit about Michael Vick. Um, so if you're from Atlanta or if you're not, and you know about the Michael Vick story be just to tune in to hear a little bit about what we have to say about it if you get an opportunity go ahead and check out our last podcast men raising men and so the discussion is should men raise other men or how some people like to think about it are men better suited to raise men so if you get an opportunity check that episode out let us know what you think
1: They get a couple more pieces. Would be Seattle. Seattle. Seattle would be perfect for him.
0: You're right. With, with Russell Wilson, but <clears throat> yeah, because they, they running like crazy. and it, It'll fit Russell in his offense. Right. They would have to do a lot of adjusting though, because as you as you know, um, they 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 doing all right, but you know Russ Russ uh, Russ Russ the man down there. So you're right. But I really think the Colts is the perfect place for him. He playing the dome. He can't beat that. All right. And plus you playing with a quarterback who it would seem that they would do anything for. And see, I don't know if they do the same for us. You know what I mean? Right. Like they just be like, man, you you, you good. We ain't got to get you nothing. We ain't got to get you no wide receivers. We ain't got to get you none of that. You good. You know, with, um, with old boy in Indianapolis, In the draft, that's what they're probably going to address. They probably going to try to get him or free agency try to get him a big time wide receiver, one that stays healthy because you know your boy don't stay healthy too uh, too tough. So my guess, that's what they're going to try to do.
1: My my thing is, I think that is Le'Veon Bell. You think so? Yeah, that's him. I mean, all black people look alike.
0: (laughs) It's a possibility.
1: No, actually it is. A, I'm looking at it, but you know the one thing I, I didn't like about this Le'Veon Bill situation, what his teammates did to his locker at the no show. Oh, what they do? Oh, you hear about it? They just they they just raided his locker, uh, at the practice when he didn't no show. They took wow. everything.
0: Wow. Wow. I think
1: that's so lame.
0: Wow. So I mean that really mean that's that's a good reason. That's another reason why he probably didn't come back though. Because I mean you got a you got a whole a team. That pretty much just said, like, right, bro, we don't need you. you gone. Right. You're good. And then, like, when he was first talking about, you know, holding out and stuff like that, they was like, well, yeah, we don't need you. You know, the, the guy we got here is just as good. Bro, why would I want to come back to y'all? Y'all my, y'all not, like, the quarterback. You're not the wide receiver. You're not even defensive players. You are my offensive line. Right. Without us being on the same page, we can't work.
1: Right. So And you, and you know the thing about it is –
0: People are petty these days, and I guarantee
1: people that have came back. One of them went to the block for him, right? Being petty and got that man hurt, right? So he made the right decision.
0: He made, yeah, he made the best decision, man. Like I think, cause he can get the money at fourteen, and what they try to do with um with the franchise tag, man, they just try to, to they use try them to up, strong arm you, man. That's that's pretty much what that is, man. That's strong arm you, right? I think I think in the new CBA that
1: they come out with. Whenever they go back in and negotiate, you can franchise. They, the players have to get some things back that that they gave up. One, uh, Roger Goodell being the end-all, be-all of discipline. Right. And then two, in the CBA, you can't franchise a person more than one year. Yeah. You can franchise him, and the next year you have to transition him.
0: Yeah.
1: And, but that's it. You can't hold somebody for three years. Kirk Cousins is the perfect example they franchised him for two years but it became too problematic for them to um to do it in that transition year because that would have meant he made 40 million dollars right so what he did was he went and got he got a three- year he got a what three or four year um he got a three or four year contract that's fully guaranteed now mm. but he's a quarterback Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You ain't you, you you That's a quarterback. You're not gonna do that for you know for a running back that runs straight up like Le'Veon does.
0: Right, right.
1: But, but Le'Veon, I mean, like Le'Veon. They say, oh, your time as a as a running back is over. Le'Veon could easily transition to being a wide receiver.
0: I mean, I mean he, he he can transition to just about anything on the field. Right. You know, the funny thing about him was. Is that I didn't see his value like that in college. Like I thought he was just a you know just a you know just a running back, you know he maybe get you about two or three yards and you know maybe he get you like you know that one yard uh, run for a first down or something like that. But I did, I did not see this in college. You not,
1: didn't at Michigan State?
0: No, you know because I watched them, because you know they play Notre Dame all the oh. time and so I thought he was a pretty good back, you know. But I didn't think you know when I think about like backs in the NFL like the competition you play pe- play that he play in the Big Ten. Sometimes ain't the greatest competition here and there, but they they hard nosed. Now they hard nosed in the Big Ten, but I just didn't think it was he was gonna be. I
1: saw it. I saw the. Um, I think that was the year Michigan State played Georgia in the um, in like the Gator Bowl or something. Mm-hmm. And he gashed us. You mm-hmm. don't do that to an SEC defense. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Most people, when you get get to an SEC defense, you realize the clock different. You know? Right, right this ain't just like a, on the level not on the level of pro but it's college it's SEC then it's the pros mm-hmm. you know and I mean he gashed them or whatnot, and so I, you know I saw that I saw that in college and I was like god damn whoever he played with <laughs> on Sunday they gonna be lucky mm-hmm. or whatnot. it's just I, I think the business of football my favorite quote from um Any given Sunday, my favorite my favorite sports movie is when Al Pacino says um, they ruined the game of football the first time they ever called a timeout for a TV commercial. Mm. Mm. You know, like when you in high school, you know, there ain't no timeouts right. for TV commercials. You know what I'm saying? Now there is if you're playing like on ESPN or mm-hmm. even Georgia Pacific. Uh, I mean, Georgia Public Broadcasting don't take timeouts for... Um, you know, for anything, they keep the game running. Right, right. You get to college, all, all that's ruined. You got the man out there with the red, <laughs> with them red gloves on, holding their <laughs> hand up and whatnot. And you know, it 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 kind of ruins it. That's why I like you football so much, because kids out there just for the fun of the game.
0: Right. Yeah, man. The whole the whole the whole situation with the, the business of NFL. It's only business when when the when the team does business when the right. player does business mm. it's it it's a it's a different ball game it's like all oh, you being selfish, you're not thinking right. about the team it should be more about the team and I, so
1: you know what and I, I don't like that mm-hmm. i don't, I can't stand when Julio Jones was going through his his thing this this summer, I had to stop listening to sports radio mm. in Atlanta because you know people were saying things that were just. Outlandish hmm. About Julio One you don't know the man True But In all, in his years of being here In Atlanta The one thing Julio has never been Is Diva Right He's never showed you Any kind of Diva Diva-ish at all He's never gotten into it On the sideline with anybody I think him and Matt Matt Ryan might have exchanged words But they're, they're, they're teammates
0: Right right You, know you expect that
1: You expect that you No know, coaches You know He's you know respectable to the media, um, you know. You never seen him get out of the way with anybody. Right. And so for them to to say those things, I had to I had to cut it off. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can tell y'all, yeah, you're not a Falcons fan because you know real I, real not bandwagon fans. Real Falcons fan understand Julio's work to this team. Right. The only reason Calvin Ridley is having a rookie year that he He's having is because they double Julio.
0: Of course, of course. I mean, but that's that's how people always look at it. Just like the same thing, like going back to Le'Veon Bell. Like people, people don't understand the nuances of football, right? Like they be like, oh man, James Conner's doing a little bit better than he got more touchdowns. He's doing better than, than Le'Veon Bell. They don't even need Le'Veon Bell. See the thing about it is when Le'Veon Bell is in the game, who do they focus on? Who do we? Who's the number one person we have to stop? They'll let Antonio Brown get a few catches here and there, right. but the number one person they have to stop is Le'Veon Bell. Right. When when James Conner comes into the game, eh, eh, mm. yeah, yeah, mm. we'll, yeah, we'll try to stop him, right. but you know, it He's ain't not it, boy. right. It's He's not, not a point. Antonio, episode. right, right, right. He's
1: it's, not Antonio. He's not Juju. Right. You know, you're, you're gonna try to limit them, and when you limit them, you know, now James Conner can go. Right. And that was what they did to Atlanta. James right. Conner gashed. Us something
0: terrible, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: and that was because we were key. You know, we weren't really keyed in on him that early in the season. He was, he was all right, but he right. wasn't like a key to the game. Right, right. And when you when you're a key to the game, you know people focus focus on you and they try to stop you. Julio John, People complain he didn't he didn't almost for a year he didn't score a touchdown. You <laughs> you try to score a touchdown being triple team <laughs> in the end zone. Yeah. Like the the end of the Philadelphia game Was The Going back to last year Was the only time in On that last final play Was the only time that They went one on one with Julio And he slipped mm. That field was mm-hmm. atrocious mm-hmm. Had Julio not slipped You can't tell me he wouldn't have came down with that ball Yeah So yeah. you know and then this year you know, it that that game felt like I was watching a game from last year. Just like a replay, right? Like a replay or whatnot. And they, you know, they triple teamed them once. You know, end of the game, falling out of bounds, couldn't catch the ball. It's just football, is so finicky with with who we support or whatnot. Like, I th- I think football is becoming like basketball.
0: Mm-hmm. In
1: basketball, I, I I don't think people. Most people don't follow teams anymore. True. They follow players. Yep. Yeah. Like, I'm, for the first time in, in my life, you know, I'm not ashamed to say I, I cheer for the Lakers now. Yep. Yeah. And it's not because I'm a Lakers fan.
0: Right.
1: Because LeBron's there. Right, right.
0: Me too. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I've never liked the Lakers.
1: Like, so, because LeBron's there, the King's there, mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to cheer for them. I want to I see them do good. I want to... You know, I want to see how far they can. They can. LeBron can take a team of young, of young players, and, and, and see what he can do. With them. So you know, you know, people follow KD. No one there's not a person in this world, outside of the Bay Area, or lived in the Bay Area that can say they're a Warriors fan. <laughs> you a fan of Steph?
0: Pretty much. That's fan, that's what it that is. The, the new KD. the new Warriors, right? Right.
1: Cause you can't. I guarantee you can't tell me who the point guard was when Steph got drafted. Got drafted. Mm-hmm. I know who it was because mm-hmm. I follow it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Steph outplayed them, and they eventually jettisoned him. Monte Ellis. Mm. I mean, he could score. He couldn't play no defense. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not a fan of. I, you know, I was a fan of Michael Jordan, but I also was a fan of the Bulls because the Bulls won. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've I've always been an Atlanta fan. That's because they're a the home team, right? Right. Or whatnot. But I I, I do cheer for other people because I want to see somebody win, and the house ain't gonna be doing that for about two years.
0: Mm. You know, I was in this um, I'm in the sports group, and a lot of guys always talk about um, about how a comparison between Trey Young and uh, Michael Vick. And, um they always say that uh Trey Young will have the city on fire like Michael Vick did
1: you can't that was that was once in a lifetime <laughs> like I you know you know why you can't because Atlanta Michael Vick established himself his dominance in the NFL coincided with Atlanta establishing his dominance in in hip-hop mm-hmm you know, yeah. Like Vic was out when when Tip, yeah, Jeezy, yeah, first pop mm-hmm. when Ludacris was doing this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Vic was he was Vic was our Michael Jordan, yeah, in Atlanta. Yeah, like Vic, there was nothing. You couldn't tell me Michael Vic did anything wrong with them dogs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I I heard Steve Harvey once say. um. You care more about dogs than you do about a man's life. Trip them dogs.
0: Yeah. Yeah, those 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 are facts. And you know, even, even when that when that happened and stuff like that, it's it's a lesson for athletes in general too. Cause like, you know, the things that you're doing when you're not on that stage, um, somebody has to be the person to kind of evaluate your life and say, Hey, once you hit this this stage of your life, this the start of this career some of that stuff you got to leave behind. Right. And, and and I'm sure you know, looking back on it, he wish he had that type of person in his life. Yeah. You can't um,
1: have all yes men.
0: Yeah, you can't. You can't. And and people were just kind of just doing stuff as as it is. like you 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 know it's illegal but to you it's probably not illegal, illegal. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's like,
1: eh. It's a, to you it's not illegal, it's wrong. Right. But you right. don't care about the wrong. Right. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I think I think Michael Vick coming from where he came from to being you know what I'm saying the biggest thing in pro football right at the time and you you take somebody from the gut to Newport
0: mm-hmm. Virginia, yeah
1: bad news yeah and you give him a hundred million dollars mm. man mm. look I'm, I'm straight up Moreland Avenue. It ain't as bad as Newport News, but you give me a hundred million dollars, I'm gonna do some dumb stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna spend about five million dollars on cars that I don't need to have, but right. I probably couldn't even drive. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm gonna do some. Now I ain't gonna do nothing illegal. I'm I might buy a dispensary in
0: California. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like
1: you can't give you can't give young athletes like that all that money and no one to check them.
0: Right. Right.
1: No one to checked him. And then the, the other part of this story that no one has ever said and no one has ever brought up is Michael Vick is a black athlete, mm-hmm. young black athlete. Mm-hmm. There's not an organization that's going to give him the money the Falcons did without you knowing every detail about his life. You know who he was having
0: sex with. Yeah. You, you, you. They they had to know something about, about that house. Um, they probably knew... My guess is they probably knew he had that house. He had a whole bunch of dogs at that house. Um, And it probably was somebody that was like, oh, it's a dog. He probably got some dogs. They probably fighting, but I don't know for sure. I don't want to know. Right, right. It's
1: probably I don't want to know because the one thing about it is your your franchise quarterback that that you gave $100 million to, guess what what you sent with him? Security. Hmm. You sent security with him. Yeah, there, there's there's no way in the world any black any going back to his old neighborhood, mm-hmm. bruh Like, I know I, I know Atlanta Braves players right now. Like personally know them who have security with them at all times. You don't know it.
0: Mm. Current
1: players. Current current players. Oh, okay. That that have security with them at all times. Okay. You don't know it. The only I met this Mets player he was he was um he was here he was here and he had a, he had he didn't sleep in the team's hotel okay <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't sleep in the kids at the team's hotel and he had to get back to um to the stadium to their hotel that they were staying at so I gave him a ride there or whatnot and he was like, "Man, I'm beat, I'm effed up." He was like, "I know they did bed check." I was like, they, "I said I thought that stopped in college." He said, "He said, man, they pay me seventeen million dollars a year." Right. <laughs> you don't think they're gonna check on me? Mm.
0: Mm.
1: So, so there's no, there's no way. I, I, I just don't believe it. Doctor Blank said he, um, they asked him um, on the one year anniversary of the Mercedes-Benz Stadium hmm. um of this year. They asked Arthur Blank what's the one thing he regretted um that he would take back as as an owner. Um since he's bought the Falcons and he said um giving Michael Vick the money that he did without knowing everything surrounding him cuz if he had knew it, he would have tried to counsel him better. Right. And that was only. I think that's one of the only two times I've ever said BS to what Arthur Blank said. Mm. Um, I I just I don't believe that. Mm. <laughs> I, I I don't believe that. I believe that um, Arthur Blank knew, and I think he he tried to. I I, I think he interceded before the league found out and before the police found out mm-hmm. and they made Michael Vick the scapegoat mm-hmm. when Arthur Blake said I looked Michael Vick in his eyes and he lied to me. Mm. Now this is a testament to Michael Vick as, as the man that he became because Michael Vick got that signing bonus and he lost in court and they said that the Falcon that he, he had he owed the Falcons sixteen million dollars, something like that. Mm-hmm. And Michael Vick, when he got released and you know, he eventually got reinstated into the league, he wasn't making sixteen million a year. Right. But before he retired, guess what? Paid the Falcons back every dime. Mm. He was totally debt free mm. at the time. Mm. Like and 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 <laughs> I mean like in, in this city when you lose like we do in this city. Yeah. You you become superstitious about stuff <laughs> like when the Falcons are up. I'm never, I'm never, you know, relaxed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm not comfortable when they're up. The one thing I know is, I, I honestly I think and I think when they when they finally retired Vicks jersey and really invited him back into the fold. The, the curse of Michael Vick was lifted on his franchise mm. because honestly, honestly, like you can't do a person like that and and be successful, right? You know what I'm saying? Like it might sound crazy and outrageous, but you you threw the man under the bus. Now, i'm and and it might sound like I'm I'm a Michael Vick apologist. No, Michael Vick did something illegal. Yep. Yeah. and he did. You know what? If Michael Vick, there's two things you can't do in this world. That's avoid giving Uncle Sam his just due, mm-hmm. meaning taxes, and sell drugs.
0: Yeah,
1: those are the two things that are unforgivable in the eyes of the United States government. Yeah, and and Vic did that. He he did one of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like if Vic was selling, if Vic was selling a little bit of weed on the side, <laughs> you know what <laughs> I'm saying? He probably wouldn't have got the time that he did. You probably got six months suspended pro, you know what I'm saying? But you had a whole operation where you were making money, right? And Uncle Sam wasn't getting none of that. None of it. None so, of it. so what? What you? What you think gonna happen, man?
0: And plus, you know, those people, man. Some some people really care about those dogs in in, a, in a, a definitely sometimes obsessive way. And so, when you have that dynamic, and it's all about the people that are in power and in charge, or the people that are, you know. I guess you want to say carrying out the law uh, or have their sentence in your in, in their hands. It's all about them. And, and that's 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 one of the things you always got to realize about our country in general. And when you're looking at this guy who. Who's on top of the world and in his mind. He really doesn't care. He, he, he really thought he was untouchable about it, because I saw like that one time when they asked him about it. and He was just like, they're going to find out the truth. Uh, and I won't be, you know, be exonerated and everything, like, I ain't worried about that. And like his attitude was like, nah, you can't touch me. You know what I mean? And he knew at that time, hey, look, I've been doing this for a while. You know what he you
1: know what his problem was at that point? He thought he had people he could trust. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he did.
1: There's there's two people I trust. Myself and my wife. Oh, God.
0: (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like
1: like to, to that to that extent. Where I I know I did something illegal. If I rob a bank and I get away with it, you know the one person I'm going to tell? Me? That's it.
0: Right.
1: Why you going to, like, you can't, you just...
0: You can't include other people.
1: Look, family ain't family. Your own cousin put you in jail. Yeah. Your own cousin put you, and, and they didn't even... They didn't even care about him.
0: Mm-mm.
1: Mm-mm. We want we want the sexy pick.
0: Yeah. We want you. Right, Bob right, boy. right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I, yeah.
1: I, I hate to say it like that, but that, that that's 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 what it is. We're gonna we're gonna make an example out of you. Mm-hmm. And you know, like Peter and the ASPCA, those self righteous people. That you know, somebody um asked me to donate to Peter, and I told them. I said, I'll donate to Peter when Peter makes a public stance on the killing of unarmed black people in America by the hands of the police. Because mm. y'all care more about them damn dogs, <laughs> cats, horses, and pigeons than y'all do about people of color and the way we're treated by police. It's and fine. we got into this whole argument. She was like, that's not true. I said, y'all once sent a letter to, to President Barack Obama about him killing a, a fly. Did you, you he was in an interview and Barack Obama he he caught a fly and killed it mm-hmm. with his bare hand.
0: hmm I, I, I ain't never heard of this. On camera
1: he killed it. Like he it was buzzing around and he was like it was almost like he was Daniel's son. <laughs> and Peter sent him a letter Admonishing him For killing a fly
0: Are you serious? I'm
1: not lying You can look it up You can wow. look it up Wow They sent him a letter All animals deserve Have the right to live Bruh wow. Like It's a fly And, <laughs> He's, I, I,
0: I, I, I would say I don't believe it But I guess I kind of do Because Like I said before man Like it's all about the people that's that's actually running the organizations who are in charge. Who who have their own personal beliefs and a lot of times it doesn't fit with the narrative of their organization. Um, and, and so you have situations like that. People people get in their feelings about a lot of stuff. And they create all this all this other stuff, man. But all right, we're gonna pause for a minute. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Fathers Among Men podcast. If you'd like to know more about our organization, you can go to www.fathersamongmen.org for more information on things such as events or fundraisers. If you have comments or questions or just like to be a part of the show, email us at fathersamongmen@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I will leave you with my fatherhood confession. Now to me, fatherhood has been without a doubt one of the most beautiful and difficult things of my life i am thankful for every day that i get an opportunity to be a father a student and a teacher so again we would like to thank you all for tuning in until next time you guys have a blessed day